just in general? <laughs> no. So, I don't believe you. I, I've had some people. Like, comment the point where he would, like, blame the baskets or <laughs> someone taking a picture with shutter noises yeah, in, yeah. His, in his backswing. No, I don't, I don't believe you. That's our Felber. That's our Felber. Let's get this started. Welcome, Disc Golfers, to episode three of the Disc Golf Podcast. I am Robin. To my right, Joe. Wow, like you didn't even bring up the pods this time. Well, if I waited, you were probably just going to interrupt me, so I have to do it quickly and introduce you before you, you know. Which brings me to a great point. Um, listening back to last week's episode, because as the uh, current editor of the Disc Golf Podcast, I have to listen to the majority of it to figure out all the cuts, all the good stuff. I definitely, in the first five minutes of last week's podcast, promised I wouldn't interrupt you or talk over you at all for the rest of the podcast. Blatant lie. Yeah. Over the top lie. So I'm never going to make that pledge again, to be honest. That's probably wise. It's it's just going to happen. This time I didn't do it, though. I think it's a good life policy. Let's not make promises we can't keep. How about that? <laughs> That's good. That's really good. Just in general. I mean, why Why would we? I mean, I knew when you said it that it was probably not going to come to fruition. I felt in my heart of hearts that it was a possibility. And uh, then later realized while listening that I don't pay attention enough while I'm in a stream of consciousness to really uh, stay true to that. So now that I know, ain't going to happen. Yeah. We will continue to just, you know, freeform the shit out of this podcast. Right, because uh, as you all know, because we're in episode three and you've listened to both of our episodes and you're huge fans and you love us so much that we are not professionals. We are professionals in, in a very few things in life and disc golf and talking on a podcast are two of the things that are not on that list. And if you haven't listened to our first two episodes, go back and start at episode two and listen from there. Right, well, which, which brings up another point that... Uh, we never really talked about. We're currently using SoundCloud for our podcast. Yeah. Which is awesome, and uh, it's working really well for us. But we're also using the free version, because <laughs> this is a brand new podcast, and we make zero money off of it. There's a, there's a limit to the amount of minutes that you can upload. We are going to keep these up. I'm in disagreement with you on this. We are going to keep episode one up there. It's going to stay. Well, but we I have will it, find a way. We have it archived. Like, it's not disappearing from the world, and we can, like, share links to No, get it's, it's staying up. Okay. I'm going to find a way. Okay. It's going to happen. All right. I believe. I believe. Because maybe people out there really love episode one, and they want to listen to it over and over again. Maybe. But if you haven't listened yet, <laughs> start with episode two. <laughs> we are not those people that love episode one. And want to listen over and over. <laughs> Today was an exciting day in Disney. It was. It we had was. the first day of the Memorial, which is the first major tournament of the disc golf season. And it was broadcast live via Smashbox TV Great on job. YouTube. Great job. Yeah. Big time. Awesome. Awesome. Great coverage. It was better than I expected. It was better than last year's coverage. They really... Took a step forward. Better than last year's coverage of any tournament. Any oh, yeah. live coverage from last year versus this so far pales in comparison. I had it going on my on my computer at work, kind of on the side, basically the whole day. 
uh, going do you, forward. Do you have two screens or do you have like a little window? I had, I just had a little desktop. window going. I mean, I had two screens, so I had like yeah. a full screen rolling and then my other work screen rolling. Well, but, you know, I got I got people in my office wandering around, so you know, it's not exactly. Well, I got lots of people, but I got two screens, one that kind of faces. Well, yeah, me, but when then... people come into your office, they're looking at you, and your screens are facing you, right? Yeah, and they can see like one of my screens, and I actually have another computer. I have like a so, third screen, which is another computer. So my office is more of like an open forum. Oh yeah, thing. it is. That's so, true. So my screen is visible to everyone as they walk through and and do anything. So it's it's not really an option. Well, to, that's kind of the beauty of like just rage a disc golf. Well, that's tournament. the beauty of like dual screens because I can show that I'm multitasking. Like it's okay because I have a a full screen dedicated uh-huh. to work, and then a screen dedicated to some you know some VG some stuff. Yeah. You know. Which was terrific. I mean, it was it was really excellent coverage. Uh, the way that they cut from camera to camera as the drives were going live was terrific. It was, it was, it was a, a glimpse into the future of what we're going to start seeing more and more and more. It was, and they had like great like graphics and mm-hmm. uh, pie charts. They had some <laughs> lovely pie charts. They uh, put a lot of work into how people played last year and. Like the average amount of shots per basket, mm-hmm. you know, what percentage birdied, what percentage parred, what percentage bogeyed or more. It was cool stuff to look at. I'll say, too, uh, the commercials in between, mm-hmm. better. Yeah. Still some that are, you know, belong at the end of G.I. Joe in, <laughs> in like, the 80s. I'm not going to lie. When there was that Paul McBeth... Uh, uh, feature that was put on, gosh, I think it's part of the world tour, and it was it, it all of a sudden it just put like will across the screen, and Paul McBeth is throwing the background, and then it defined the word will, you know, like perseverance. Oh, I thought it was be like Schuster. <laughs> exactly, that was my first <laughs> thought. I'm like, oh, is Schuster coming up next? And then it was like defining the word oh, man. persevere, whatever it was. What like, if it was like a commercial <laughs> that Schuster made to be like, I'm better than you, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Will better than him. Yeah, it was just funny seeing like a like Will in huge letters across the screen with Paul McBeth throwing, and then it was defined. I'm like, oh, I get it. Yeah, it's, it's they're did defining you, Paul McBeth's will to to you know. Did to, you ever see the commercials? Uh, I, I don't know how big they've been lately. I know there's there's one in the Super Bowl, but it was way different. Like a few years ago, there used to be like these commercials with people playing sports and hanging out with their friends and doing all this stuff. And then it would like go to like one person cameo, and they'd be like, "And I'm a Scientologist." <laughs> Dude, I didn't know where you, you were those? going. Have you seen those? I have. I, have you seen those? I was so, afraid you were going to like some sort. I don't know. No. Anyways, so there was a commercial that I saw like during the live broadcast of like diverse groups playing disc golf, like some in disc golf clothing, some in just like casual clothing, and talking about yeah. how great it was. Um, and until I saw Paul Macbeth talking and being one of the people, I told him, I was like, is there a Scientology disc golf commercial? Is, is, is this going to turn into like, I play disc golf and I'm a Scientologist. I hope not. No, I, 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 now, if you are a Scientologist disc, disc and you're listening. Disc golfers don't make enough money Scientologists. <laughs> That's probably true. In any case, we're going to start talking. <laughs> We're going to start talking about what actually happened today in the first round. So, again, we need to warn you, we are going to spoil tournament results right now of the first round of this tournament. And we kind of feel... Like, we're not spoiling. Like, you should know at this point. Yeah. It's kind of like at this point, (laughs) um, everyone on Earth except for me 
has seen the new Star Wars movie. So it's not really spoiling anymore if you talk about Star Wars. It's just your fault for like, not right, seeing it. Right, exactly. Yeah. And that's how yeah. I feel about uh, this tournament so far. Plus, we're recording on a Wednesday. It's going to go out on a Friday. We're, we're talking about round one. We're going to be into yeah. round three by the time you listen to this or going into round three because you're probably the first thing in the morning download this. And, of course. And listen. Exactly. And by the way, if you can't listen, just download it. It's cool. Yeah, it's like, fine. You don't have to listen. Just download it. Leave us a cool comment. <laughs> tell your friends. It's fine. The other thing is, we're going to do a weekly podcast, and if we can't talk about the tournament that is happening or just happened, we're going to run out of shit to talk about real fast. Yeah. And this is going to get boring. We're going to start talking about our kids. and Which are awesome and great, but they're also young enough that they actually can't play or really do anything yeah, with us. So it, You're not going to be interested it's, in that. It's not, uh, it's not too much uh, on the disc golf tip. So get on it. Look up the scores. Or get it from us. Whichever. Yeah. And, and I'm fine being your new source. You're welcome. So, unsurprisingly, Paul Macbeth shot a share of the hot round. Yes. At 13 under. Nico Locastro was the other one who also shot 13 under. And then Simon Lazotz at 12 under. Sexton is at 11 under. Johnny McCray is at 11 under. I love Johnny. I love oh, sorry, Johnny. 10 under for Johnny John, McCray. Johnny's the man. Um, Johnny then, gives me hope that someday I could play more competitively. <laughs> McCray's awesome. He and is. just I, listening to him talk and seeing him and his family going around in a in a in a Winnebago around right. to all these different tournaments. It's a pretty awesome story. He's he's and he has a complete set of shots. He has all the lines. So here's a random question. And I don't know enough about rating, I probably should. They have the same score. Do they have the same rating for the round? Um, I, they if, should. Because the, if you look, yes, they should. If you look, Nico had zero bogeys. Hmm. He didn't throw a single bogey the entire day. I think I need to do some research on ratings, but I think it's more based on on I par it, for the course. I think it's based course. on score for the course. Yeah, but um, but, but yeah, it, I know it's more complicated than that. Maybe we'll do a segment on on how. Uh, how PDGA ratings work in the future. Once we have a better, I think we have like a, a vague understanding, but after I get point, my PhD in mathematics, I will. Well, we have a few friends with like masters in mathematics. Okay, that'll probably work. Maybe that's a good reason to get our beer sponsor on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> but overall, very high scores um, or low scores. Right, right. I think everyone caught where yeah. you're going with that. <laughs> Going in, I mean, you know, when anytime you've got, you know, a lot of, you had, let's see, one, two, three, seven players in double digits under par. So right. that was, uh, people were out there scoring and there's a lot of danger on this course. At the same time, it's it tends to be pretty open. Uh, there's a lot of birdie opportunities and there's not a, the, most of the fairways aren't that tight. If you hit your line, you've got a good chance. The the biggest challenge of this course is that there is a lot of OB and there is water, water, right? And it, there are a lot of basket placements that are on little peninsulas right on the water, where you really only have like a thirty to forty foot landing zone. So you either have to decide to go for it or play it safe, and uh, so that that's really the challenge in this course. And you can see that the players really excelled, and it didn't seem like there was a lot of wind. Uh, today. No, which, which I, I mean, think... I don't know. I don't, I don't agree. 
every time I saw someone stepping up to putt, so every basket had a flag on top, and there were some wailing flags. Okay. Maybe it was just at the pin when they were putting, but I I got to give props to those, that top four just putting. It it looked like there was some pretty righteous wind rolling. Yeah. And it didn't affect their game or didn't seem to affect their putting at all. It's amazing how good the pros are at dealing with wind. Uh, it, and I think you were probably watching a little more, more intently than I was. It was just me looking. Well, I had a good, like, 20 minutes where I could kind of focus on it, and then I had to yeah. do for real things. The other thing, uh, we also want to cover the FPO, the, the female open card, or the female open section of the tournament. We had Katrina Allen, who is in the lead at five under. and Which Kate... is better than probably either of us could actually oh throw. Oh, my God. Yeah. By a pretty good margin. By, margin. by a huge margin. Maybe. we could. She could probably give us 15 strokes. What do you say? <laughs> I feel confident that I could do that. You, <laughs> that you could stay under. You could you could be uh, you could be under, under under ten over. Under ten over, yes. Okay. Yeah, maybe. I do. Granted, it's uh, what it comes down to a lot with professionals. I guess with any professional sport, it's the it's the mind part more than is the body. Mm-hmm. So it's being you know yeah, having. My head to do it. I know I have the physical ability to do that. It's just, you know, making the eight-foot putts. Like yeah. I did uh, every single time we played this weekend. Um, if you recall, <laughs> I definitely didn't tell a player that he should use a non-champion disc for a putter or a non-champion AVR for a putter. Uh, and then definitely did not proceed to miss... An eight-foot birdie putt after giving great recommendations on how someone should play. Joe, that ab- wasn't me. I Joe absolutely finished giving a an up-and-coming player a tutorial about putters and that maybe he should get a putter. He was putting with like a like a champ AVR or he something was, yeah, like champ that. AVR. And he was like, "Well, that's a driving putter. You should really get a softer plastic." And he had meanwhile he had parked this hole and then just. Just clanked the putt. That beautiful drive. Just clanked the putt. Yep. So, you know, maybe make your putt and then give the advice. How about hey, that? Hey, listen, though. Listen, you were there. You were there. It was regardless of what I did. It was good advice. It was sound advice. It was. It was. It made total sense. Plus, he had the chains had bounced out like two of his putts. And I was like, a softer plastic would have stuck. I forget what video it was, but there is a dynamic discs... Uh, sponsored player that does a putting tutorial um, it, it, that's up on their stream. And he's a good player, but in his tutorial, in the first like five minutes he talks about it, he clanks like two putts in a row from like 15 feet while talking about putting. And it was just kind of like, ooh. Ouch. You know, he's giving good advice. It's a good tutorial. That's why he's a good player. we do a podcast. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to see us do it. We can just tell you what you should do. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to do as I do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. So in any case, Katrina Allen at five under, Paige Pierce at one under, Melody uh, Waybell, Waybell. I don't know how to pronounce her name. I don't know. She's at plus one. Jennifer Allen, Valerie Jenkins. After that, I feel like I overheard something watching the live stream that Melody had a different last name and that she recently got married or something. So maybe a different last name would. But, or maybe she's just up and coming. We don't know, which is also pretty awesome. Could be. 
And then, you know, the other these other names we're, we're fairly familiar with, Hannah Leatherman, Sarah Holcomb, and at, at plus four and plus five, respectively. So that kind of rounds out the, the female card, at least the, the top uh, the top players in that division. I don't know if there's any real surprise in in that that sort of placement. You know, Katrina Allen is is obviously one of the best oh, yeah. female players on the planet, if not the best. Her and Paige, you know, depending on the day. Can can consistently hit four hundred where uh, we need a wing and a prayer to get out there. So oh, man. good on them. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent players. Uh, great to watch. The other thing I love watching uh, about the, the female cards is their form is always perfect. Mm-hmm. You always watch them, both in putting and in driving. They really maximize their, their efficiency with their form. And it's it's great to watch. And there's really not a lot of major form flaws in those those players and Katrina Allen and, and Paige Pierce. Not that there is in any of the... the uh, the MPO players, but it's, right. it's good to watch. It's very smooth. That's, play. That is true, but it's also like I just watched uh, the Gentleman's Club Open, which was mm-hmm. uh, just happened this past weekend. The Spin TV actually put out the final uh, front nine and back nine. And there are some dudes that have a little funky form, but, mm-hmm. but they bomb. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing is that Fountain Hills looks like an amazing course. Yes. That I, I would love to play. No, I want to play there for sure. It just, it looks so clean. All that water, while it, it is a challenge, it, it keeps you keeps you focused and you have to avoid certain areas. And I think sometimes when you have a hazard like that, makes you a more focused player and and makes you a smarter player because you know you can't risk that shot rather than just risking that shot like you might normally. Right. You know, when you're going over open land, you can try and make the big booming shot because worst case scenario, you're way left or you're way right. Yeah. When there's water there or an OB marker, it's not going to work that way. Yeah, and you're faced with losing your favorite plastic. You need to make the shot that you know you can make. Right. And typically, that's probably what you should do anyway. So. True. But... There's, there's not a lot of there's when it, in in disc golf there's not a lot of reward for the risk when you're when you're uh, when you're an up and coming player. Typically, the best way right. to improve is to play to your strength, hit the lines you know you can hit, play the 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 uh, highest percentage mm-hmm. shot, the easiest shot that you can make, and and get up and down. That's how you you score better, right? Well, I think it's with with any professional sport, it's what minimizes the risk. So, mm-hmm. you know, if I miss this shot, you know, if I'm Paul Macbeth and I miss this shot, I'm gonna miss by ten feet, you yeah. know, and I can clean that up. Yeah. You hear about when you're in the World Series or watching baseball, and it's like you know this pitcher's not hitting his exact spot, but when he's missing, he's missing like outside. Yeah. You know, it's 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 knowing where your faults are and, and playing to them. You know, just like football, if I'm going to make this throw, if I miss it, it's going out of bounds. Like yeah. It's not going to be a pick. And that's the biggest, not, well, not the biggest, it's one of the big differences between us and Yeah, every now pros. and then we get a wild hair and we're like, oh, oh we're, I'm going to we'll, try this. And I'll turn it over. I'm going to run this putt. Oops. <laughs> oh, and I just... Now I'm deeper than I was in the okay, first place. Okay, it's in the street. 
Right. I maybe I'll take a drop <laughs> because I have a better chance of hitting that putt again than making the comeback in two. So with all that said, so so Fountain Hills amazing. Yeah. Wanna play it. What other courses have we not played or you or myself haven't played that you wanna play? So I read recently that there is something like five thousand plus disc golf courses in the United States right now. Oh, so, I don't doubt it at all. So there are so many that that we haven't played that I'm sure are awesome and and there could be some of you as we do this that are just gonna be screaming at your at your phone or, or your computer, whatever you're listening on, that there's something we need to know. So we're just gonna go the ones we know of. Right. And we know and we that love. through A watching YouTube videos. Yeah. B we're in Northern California. Yeah. So we need to be able to get there. <laughs> right, right. We, we definitely don't have the ability to just uh, make a quick trip to Kansas to play a course. Unless that lottery ticket we bought earlier True. Hey, if, cashes if, in. If any of y'all want to bring us out. We will play with you and we will bring the beer. Or we buy will. it. One right, or the other. right. Both. We'll bring some beer. We'll yeah. buy some beer. We'll drink beers with you and play for sure. For me, uh, I am... I, I love forest courses. I don't necessarily love playing them, but I I like the look of it all. And Milo, watching that uh, the world's there was amazing, and I would love to play that course. Milo, oh, yeah. Milo Mac- Cleaver, McIver, McIver, yeah, in uh, in Portland, mm-hmm. I believe it's outside of Portland. And no, that course looks beautiful. That looks like an incredible course, and not to mention there's several other courses in that ex- mm-hmm. that general area. That are also beautiful courses. Just in general, Oregon courses look pretty amazing. They do. They lot, do. You, you've got lots. You've got a combination of water and beautiful uh, forests through them. Just really incredible course. I think top of mind to me, uh, Milo is one that I would love yeah. to get out and play. Yeah. Well, and uh, if you follow us on Instagram at all, and if you don't, it's the Disc Golf Podcast on Instagram. Uh, you. Uh, Robin actually put up a gorgeous picture of Zephyr Cove up in Tahoe. Yeah, it's a great course. I have not played it. You had uh, the luxury, you had the great chance to play it. I have not played it. I really want to play Zephyr Cove. Um, I really enjoy it. We played like Truckee River a few times. The elevation is, is a whole new beast, but so worth it. But that course is gorgeous. And uh, I would love... To be able to get out to Zephyr Cove and, and play it. It really is an incredible course. There's a ton of elevation play in that course. The first nine holes of that course, you are hiking uphill. You're like hiking up into the mountains. And the whole time to your left, you have Lake Tahoe. Uh, and you're just looking over this beautiful blue lake. And just hiking through the woods. The biggest challenge of that course, aside from the, the uphill uh, shots, is that there's all this manzanita brush. Right. So your your net your man's need to brush and the the ground is kind of sandy, um, so you're never going to get a skip on on the holes you're looking for. I mean, a few of them you can, but most of the time your disc is going to crash into a manzanita bush. Well, is, what's what's the Latin name for manzanita? <sighs> you really going to do this to me right now? Yeah, it's Arctostopolis. <laughs> See how quick he knew that? <laughs> Crazy it is. In any case, Manzanita is a very rigid bush, and it's pretty much 
just a scratchy freaking jerk bush. Right. So when your disc lands in the middle of it and you've got a 300 foot upshot that you have to make afterwards because it, it you didn't get the shot you wanted, you have a standstill putt in this bush that's probably going to scrape the shit out of your leg. That's like one of the worst things on the disc golf course. Think about it. Regardless of where you play, the bushes, <clears throat> the whatever, anytime you make a throw and you're like crossing your fingers and hoping so much, you're like, skip. I just want to skip. Every time, <laughs> just every time stop. I vocally let out how much I want to skip, I hit a I hit a rough patch, or I hit a rock, or I hit just like a random dead like mud spot on the course. I feel like I never get the skip when I really want it. Where the skip is all I need to get exactly where I want to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well. Uh... Zephyr Cove would not be the course that, that you want to go to. If, just air it out. That's cool. Yeah, just air it out. And then, but the second half of the course is all downhill. Ooh. So you, you hike up and then you hike back down. And there's a huge variety. So you, you wouldn't want to throw your Nova on that, which we'll get into later. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, in certain places. The I'm biggest... talking about you and your downhill. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Well, there's that too. <laughs> we'll, we'll get into that. But... The biggest thing that I realized when I went there, which was uh, not something I dealt with previously, was what happens to your disc at elevation, which is huge. Basically, by the end of the round, I spent the first part of the round throwing my favorite discs and had no idea how much more stable elevation makes your discs. Mm -hmm. And so I got like six holes in and I just started, I kept clubbing, clubbing down to my more understable discs. And finally, by the end of the round, my prime driver was like my roller disc. Right. You're like super beat <clears throat> champ boss. Yeah, my super beat champ boss and a beast. Or not boss, beast, sorry. Well, That's that one that. too, both of them. Those were the only ones I could throw and, and get the lines. And I was clubbing down to lower speed discs and getting the results I wanted, but I just, it, I had no idea. But it's amazing how much more stable your disc gets as you go up in elevation. You really need to completely change your bag. It's like a windy day. Right. It, it's the right. opposite of a windy right. day. And that's, I mean, that's the biggest thing that we see in Northern California. The biggest <clears throat> thing that affects our day or our trip to the course is wind. Uh, we, we have rain, we have cold, and we have wind. That's all we have. We don't really have snow. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> we definitely appreciate it. We brought it up slightly last last week. But we also we, don't get rain either. So there's We that. used to. I mean, <laughs> you know, last year we had a lot of rain. For, this year, for all the bragging about great weather, you also have to understand that you guys probably don't have water problems. Yeah. And we well, do. We're in Northern California, so we have a little bit yeah. less than Southern California, but still. Yeah. But uh, wind, wind is really the biggest factor for disc golf in Northern California. Yeah. And you can definitely, we have a an 18-hole course in our area called Crane Creek that is the most open course you'll ever play. It is boring to play. But if you go out on a gusty, super windy day, it's a totally different beast. And we played that course just the other day, and we played with putters only as an uh, experiment, just in general. Not even experiment. I mean, I feel like it's something that... You and I have talked about for months. We have. You know, we've heard people talk about, oh, play a one-disc round, play a putter round. And probably every time one of us hears that, which is probably once every three weeks, yeah. we say to the other, 
we should totally do that. Yeah. But then by the time we get to our one round a week, which it pretty much turns into with our work and children children and, and wives, mm-hmm. our one round, we're like, but I want to get that out there and like throw. I want to throw my discs. I want to try and bomb. I want aces. I want to get a new personal best. So we never actually did it until we had this beautiful opportunity where we had actually an extra day to play. And Robin actually brought it up to me, and it was the best idea we've had in a while. It was really good. So we went out to our local course, fairly open course, fairly, you know, it was not a course that's really going to burn you if you make mistakes. Um, unless you hit like nine trees on one hole. Yeah, that unless you do that. That could be a problem. But uh, I brought out a couple of Novas, um, the Innova uh, putter. It, and Joe, I believe, uh, was a lucid judge. Yep, I brought the judge that, I, that we reviewed last week. I brought, yeah. I brought it out. Um, I putt with a judge. I putt actually with a prime judge. I was putting with classic ones, but I gave prime a try. And, you know, it's seven bucks a pop. You can't beat it. So I, I putt with a judge. I throw a lucid for some of my tee shots. I felt like that was going to give me the best uh, understanding of what a putt around would be. Yeah. So I guess we should ask, why do you need to throw a putt around? Why is this important? Why does it help? And we're going to go back to what we said in our first episode, which was when you start playing disc golf, the first thing you need to learn how to throw is your low speed discs. Right. Your putters and your mid-range discs and build your form and your throwing from that point. Now, not all of us do that. In fact, neither of us no, did I, that. I, I went dirty. I, went I started dirty off, off with I don't I didn't start off with a with a super distance driver, but I What did you start off with? It was a beast. Oh, okay. My first disc was a beast. Um, a beast and a DX uh, champion. It was DX beast nice. and uh, and a DX arrow. Oh, all right. So those those two were the Good on you having a putter on the, the back. first disc. Well, yeah, I mean you, you needed a putter. But, um, so still, even still a DX beast is too much of a disc for a first time player. Yes. There's no, there's no reason that a first time player would need a disc like that. Um, so nonetheless, we all have to go back to basics sometimes to discover flaws in our form. Exactly. Parts of our game that, that are, are, are lacking. Also at a minimum, a putter round will make you good at your approach shots. Yes. If you get nothing else from your putter right. round, right. you will spend the entire day having to nail those 100-foot to 200-foot approach shots to make par. Right. So, if And, nothing, and that happened to us a lot. And, yeah. I, and the majority of the time, we, we cleaned it up pretty well. Um, for me, I'm going to be honest before I really get rolling into it. I started out the first few holes <clears throat> playing it the right way. Um, really trying to get my form down and throwing my putter flat and trying to get it to do the little bit of movement I want if I want a little Annie, a little hyzer. Um, and probably halfway through the round, I was not throwing it as well as I wanted. I was just trying to reach back and bomb it, and I was just turning it over more, more because of form, not at all because of power, you know, coming over the top or turning my wrist. To the point that I started kind of throwing everything with hyzer, because we were on a course that 
Uh, I probably learned, I did learn, any big hyzers I throw, any like hyzer bomb, just over the top hyzers I throw, I learned on this course because it's so open and I could. Mm-hmm. So I started throwing a lot of hyzers with my putter as we went go went on, and it wasn't probably until I don't know hole fourteen or fifteen that I was like, I'm cheating. Like this, <laughs> there's no point in playing this round. There's no point in having a putter round if I'm not gonna really embrace it and get the form down. But I'll be honest. Once I got to sixteen. My form, I feel so much more confident in. Good. Um, I use some tips that we'll actually we'll talk about in a little bit yeah. from some form videos that we watched uh, in the past and also we're going to review today. Um, but I took those all into account and I felt really good to the point that once we finished, I totally didn't want to go home. I wanted to go drive some more because I knew the right way to snap out a, a good long bullet of a putter drive. Joe had like a toddler equivalent tantrum when when I told him we had to go home because he was having that much fun at this putter round. And if you don't know about toddler tantrums, we'll film one at some point <laughs> and uh, upload it for y'all because we got some toddlers rolling around. But it was a lot of fun. I think uh, I would rather next time play uh, a course that was less open where there was a little more challenge because I got to a certain point where... I knew I couldn't reach certain holes towards the end, and it was fairly boring. I, I knew I could get out 250 feet with my first shot, and then I was going to be left with a, a 60 to 100-foot upshot that was fairly wide open, and the, and most of the time it was I was going to, going yeah. to be just for, fine. For me, I'd love to play again, but I, uh, I'll, I would probably bring a prime judge with me as I'd well. I'd say so, yeah. So it's still a putt around... But I definitely had... Well, the other thing that'll do is on those big hyzer shots you're trying, that prime judge won't hyzer. Right. Like like the lucid one will. Right. And so it will kind of... You'll be forced to throw straight because it, you won't quite get that same lie. It might just go out straight to the right. But it's also, you know, when I'm sitting 50 feet out, if I had a really good drive, mm-hmm. I can actually take a real run at yeah. the basket. Yeah. Um, whereas... You know, the Lucid one's a little more stable. It's going to hook up sooner. Uh, I also had at least one, if not two, that that bounced off chains. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a putter that's a little bit softer would have helped my score. Not that it was really bad. And I think the best part about our round, because it was a course that I started out on and really Robin did in this area when he was playing in this area, not his, his game in general, we had a lot of moments where we drove our putters and went, I've definitely thrown a driver much shorter than this. Yeah. Like this, this is, <laughs> this is a shot that there was a time I would have been amazed yeah. to make. There was definitely, there was a m- multiple moments where we were like, Oh, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Right. You know, I, that wasn't, anywhere near as bad because you're so used you don't drive a putter on every hole there are certain holes you know you can get there so you do it but uh, there are other times where you don't realize it and it just goes out straight putters have so much glide you just watch them and they just look like they're going so slow but they just keep floating out there Mm -hmm. and then they land and And then you go to fire disc and and you take the optimistic line 
And a lot of times, you find your disc that way. Yeah. Yeah. I think your eyes are trained just because of how slow it's spinning and how it kind of hovers down like a UFO, just kind of floats to the to the ground. You think the distance isn't there, but you, you can definitely get it out there. And really, any good disc golfer needs to develop their putter shot to the point where they can drive and throw a putter. Not necessarily drive, but throw a putter 200 plus feet. Right. And if accurately. You're, if you're Lazat, you know, 450. Yeah, well. But that's Lazat. That's that. But the main reason we did this was to try and get better at our form because putters don't mask your form. When you throw a putter, it's typically going to hold the line that you throw it at. They they are not overstable like big distance drivers where you can almost do anything and they go left every single time. Right. Putters will do that. So one of the things we wanted to cover in this episode was some form videos on disc golf driving that we have found and watched that are especially good. Just kind yes. of core tenants. They cover everything. They are by top pros and will help anyone that is looking to improve their form. If you watch these videos, you will get better. Right. But another piece is as you watch them, um, I feel like every once in a while there's a slight <clears throat> bit of contradiction mm-hmm. between them. So it's really, you know, it comes down to what feels right, what works right. But you can definitely take, um, you know, in the work that I do, going to trainings and bringing my team to trainings are a big part of it. And sometimes when you've been doing it long enough, it's always about finding that one aha moment, at least Mm -hmm. coming away with something. I think these you can take multiple things away. But I'm saying if, if you're, you know, establishing your game, you know your feel, you bomb 500 plus all the time. If you've never watched these, I guarantee you will find at least one aha moment in each video. And that's probably a good thing to just focus on is not try to dismantle your entire game, but maybe find one thing that you can work on. Maybe it's it's a part of your walk up. Maybe it's the disc you're throwing. Maybe it's it's how you set your feet in just in general. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of a very very good uh, input from high-level players in these videos. And the first one is probably two of the best players in the game right now is Paul McBeth and Nate Sexton put up a video called Paul McBeth Tips. It should be called Nate Sexton Tips. It should be. I think it's like, uh, <laughs> I feel like Nate Sexton should just be called the professor. Yeah. He's the professor dose. Yeah. It, but basically, Paul McBeth says about like, I don't know, maybe 16, 17 words in this entire thing. And Nate Sexton says the rest. It's not that Paul McBeth doesn't agree with it, but Nate Sexton is obviously the better orator in this No, and he gets it and he understands it. And I bet a big piece of it is from being on tour with with Paul, too, and noticing the similarities and and what gets them to do what they need to do. But this video has nearly 100,000 views on YouTube, which is a ton for a disc golf video. What's the YouTube channel to find it? Uh, it is on Joseph Perez is the person that published it. He was obviously at the clinic and uh, filmed it. Lots of great tip uh, tips in this video. Mostly Nate Sexton talking. I think the biggest thing I took away from this one was Nate uh, very clearly defines the timing of when you reach back in your drive. 
and, in, and how that in corresponds your to your step, right? And how that corresponds right. to your step. So it's a very easy way if you're if you're trying to time your shot and when you should start to to throw or activate your hips and pull the disc through your body. Uh, Nate Sexton gives you kind of a where your a, hips should be pointing. There were a lot of really good pieces. Yeah, actually, really good there. parts about this video. And while it's called Paul McBeth tips, and Nate Sexton does most of the talking, it's still. Uh, Paul McBeth chimes in also has a couple of good points in it and just in general really great video I think anyone that watches this can can pull away at least a couple of things I believe there are five points it's not multiple things right in this video and if you implement all five of them you would you would improve your game drastically I, I would say right um, <clears throat> you know the great thing too about watching these forum videos too and as I kind of brought up a second ago you know, if you're well-established in your game, you know what you're doing, you can bomb, you got it. <clears throat> it's also nice to affirm what you do. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's always nice to hear pros say, you should do it this way, and to say, you know what, that is what I do. <laughs> I, I mean, for me, that that's another great piece to get out of these. Yeah. yeah or, or maybe nothing they say is something you do, but... Hopefully, right. I, I'd say... And, but then for, you can add in. But I'm saying... For me, the first time I watched these videos, basically everything was a, a uh, revelation. I was like, oh, that's how you do it. You know, for, for me, at least. The, the next one is by Will Schusterick. It's up on the Infinite Discs uh, channel, which is a, uh, a disc golf retailer. A very good disc golf retailer. They They're pretty awesome. If you want to sponsor us and send us discs that we can send <laughs> on to our patrons, we would love that. Yeah, just, absolutely. Just saying, just saying, hashtag just saying. But this is a basically all-encompassing driving clinic put up by Will Schusterick back in, I think it was like 2012 or actually 2014. 2014, there it is. Um, and he is talking about everything from grip to form to uh, the disc that you use, to how you release, and everything. It's it's very good, and Will Schusterick is a very, I, I'll say eloquent. He's very good. He yeah, understands definitely. what he's saying to you. He does. He is very organized. You can in the tell way he's he putting does a it. lot of thought into yeah. what he does and why he does what he does. It, it, absolutely. He, he has a, it's a very organized thought process. He doesn't jump around. He... He covers a topic. He asks you if it, he asks the people that are watching if they have any questions. He moves on to the next one. Very, very, uh, very good clinic. And listen, if if you watch him play, he he's, knows what he's doing. He does. He is one of the absolute bombers. Yes, out there he is, and I think he gets overshadowed. Just uh, I think he plays a lot of tournaments in the south, and um, like I said. Like, we're going to just reiterate every episode. The majority of tournaments we watch uh, are in our area or majors. Uh, we do love ourselves some Central Coast Disc Golf, so if they're covering it, that's probably the main thing we're watching, so we might miss some some Schusterick tournaments. But dude bombs. He has an amazing game. Mm -hmm. uh, listen to what he has to say. And also, I'll... We'll say this again, but we're going to throw these up on our Twitter account and a couple other places. So Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. So follow us on, on those outlets and we'll give you links to these videos if you don't catch them right away in the in the podcast. Right. Our last one is Dave Feldberg in at a Innova Clinic at the 2011 USDGC. 
where he's up on a stage being the professor. Right. And here's the thing. So if if you're new and you're just thinking about Latitude 64, Dave Felberg, Felberg was an old school Innova dude. Yeah. I think he won Worlds or USDGC. He won Worlds. Worlds yeah. as, as a Innova disc golfer. Um, some of the bosses that have his name on them are like the most sought after discs in the disc golf world. I have some of them in my bag. In fact, you, I'd primarily throw Felberg yeah, bosses. Yeah, you got one for me. <laughs> and that, that's, that's where we got... That's where those uh, mystery boxes came from, yeah. as I recalled, yeah. was I traded you my beautifully dyed Feldberg boss uh, with some cash on top for a, a mystery box. Yep. So, uh, Dave Feldberg is... He, they call him the professor. He is a very engaged speaker... He spends a lot of time uh, thinking and preparing for these clinics. He has a master's degree in education. I did not know that. He does. He does. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's You well, know what? I'll be totally honest right now. I like Felberg a lot more now that I learned <laughs> that. Not that I disliked him, but I like him a lot more because I, I can understand that field. But he's he's very serious. He, he has practiced his, his craft, and he also knows a ton about disc golf and he comes at it from both a psychological and a biomechanical standpoint so he is trying to show you and tell you exactly how your form should be and he does a great job of it these this is a longer video than the other ones i think it's like 30 minutes but worth watching every minute of and there's a ton of information he is a good speaker. He is very confident. Just no. in general. <laughs> no. So, I don't believe you. I, I've had some people. Like, confident to the point where he would, like, blame the baskets or <laughs> someone taking a picture with shutter noises yeah, in, yeah. His, in his backswing. No, I don't, I don't believe you. That's our Feldberg. That's our Feldberg. By the way, can we get Feldbeard back? We need Feldbeard. We do. Back. I don't like this clean-shaven Feldberg. Can we get a Can we get a Feld beer? That'd be great too. What if we could review a Feld beer with beards? I mean, we're pretty much already there. Yeah, I know. But I mean still. that part, not the Feld beer, the, <laughs> the Feld beards uh, part. We're we're doing pretty well. On. Feldberg, I know you're listening. You send us messages all the time about how much you love our podcast. Make a beer so that we can review it, please. Or like have your friends make a beer. Like whatever. Just you don't got time. You gotta you know just throw, just spray adhesive. Just spray adhesive. What what the the disc? You went this. We already talked about this. It's not it's not appropriate. Why are you why why are you making it weird? You're making it weird. Okay, you're the one that said it. You were talking about gripping things. Discs. I don't know what you. Any case, Listen. you're scaring away Dave Feldberg. You're ruining this. Dave, come back. Any case, you don't have to make a beer necessarily, Dave Feldberg. You could just like say spray adhesive of your logo over another beer and send it to but us. But I probably, I mean, we, I think we probably know some people could make a Feld beer. Probably, maybe we'll try. Hey, maybe? Feldberg, hit us up. <laughs> we'll make it happen. So aside from the videos we just mentioned, the three videos there was the Paul McBeth tips, Will Schustrick driving clinic by Infinite Discs, Dave Feld. Feldberg Disc Golf Clinic at the Innova 2011 USDGC. There's a few others 
that I want to mention that are just kind of huge resources for a lot of different... Before you get there, I just realized what disc golf needs to get to the mainstream. Um, Naked chicks? Whoa. A little sexist, bro. Oh. No no nudity. We're not pieces of meat, Robin. Nor ladies. Naked males and females in... In no, I think you're just describing porn. So, oh, crap. Uh, there goes well, that idea. Just... That was a good idea. That I mean, good I idea. blame you. You good steered the you. ship. Good Thomas. on you. No, I I was going a totally different route. So don't don't blame me. <laughs> uh, so like so, disc golf is broken into ESPN's top ten here and there, right? With their aces and whatnot. Uh huh. There needs to be a ESPN. Sports science behind an ace or a drive or something like that. Of course. For yeah. like people to really understand the insane mechanics that are needed to throw the ridiculous throws that we see. Of course. I want to watch that because I feel like the players themselves have great tips, amazing tips that really are going to get you there. But I would love to see like that super breakdown of why what they do does what it does that that would be great and we'll get into a little bit more depth in that later on i want to show a couple more uh resources for people that are looking to get better uh that'll kind of tag on there's a blog called heavy disc that has a huge amount of info he's a guy that is working on improving his form and has started a blog that he is covering all of the basics of form and it's a great read. It is from someone that is just like you that is working on building their game and has read and went through all the videos that you have and is writing about it in really great, really great blog. Heavy Disc, check it out. Um, you can Google it, it'll show up. Uh, Reddit, the R Disc Golf section of Reddit has a beginner section. I know, you're kicking it on there. You're on there all the time. That's great. I, I'm, I'm lurking on Reddit. That happens. Don't you're not lurking. You're commenting. You're. I do. You're, it happens. You're, you're. We via you are part of it now. Yeah, sure. But there is a beginner section. You just made it weird. <laughs> there is an entire section on Reddit, the R Disc Golf section of Reddit, that is devoted to everything you could possibly want to know about disc golf, and it's just the perfect spot. Every now and then, someone posts something on the disc golf Reddit. That is just like, hey, I just started playing. How do I learn? And inevitably, somebody posts, look at this section. It's the our, you know, the Reddit right, right, disc golf right. beginner section, and it has everything: driving form videos, everything we just talked about. So check it out. Surf Reddit too. If I you, mean, also listen to us. Yeah, it's a great place to to find disc golf news. Also, disc golf course review, another great place where. There are forums where people will critique your form if you want to post a video of yourself. We um, need to do that. Things like that. There's there's great stuff on Disc Golf Course Review. So check out those three also if you haven't seen the video. Well, plus Disc Golf Course Review, you can find out what's near you too. I mean, you might yeah. be in like a beautiful area where there's 20 courses nearby and you don't realize. Yeah. Check it out. Create your bucket list of courses that you want to play. Also, list the courses you have played. It's a good way to kind of, you know, I had no idea until so, I got on Disc Golf Course Review and finally clicked all the courses I'd played. I didn't, I had no idea. So, it's good to know. 
Rob, you know what time it is? Oh, I think it's deer review time. It is deer review time. For those of you that don't know or the first time you're listening, this is our disc and beer review, the deer review. Right. So uh, we... each week we, we pair a disc and a beer with each other. Uh, we tend to find beers that have some similarity either through what kind of beer it is, how it's made, or purely through the name, mostly through the name. And tonight we are going to tie on a buzz in multiple ways. Hey-oh! Oh, oh you nailed that one. <laughs> so tell us, uh, you tell us what the disc is, I'll tell you what the beer is. So today we are going to review, or tonight rather, we're going to review a staple, a uh, disc that probably a lot of players, experienced players, have in their bag or have thrown at some point. We're going to review the Discraft Buzz, one of the more popular mid-ranges in disc golf. And what more perfect to pair with the Discraft Buzz but the Lagunitas Cappuccino Stout. You get it like, uh, you get a buzz from the coffee, but also from the beer. Now, is there actually coffee? Is there caffeine in the Cappuccino Stout? I mean, I don't know. Is it? Is it... Is it a double That's probably paid? something we should have like figured out before we started this podcast. I'm gonna go with yes. I feel like there is. I feel like why would they why would they go there if there wasn't? But also if you're old like us and you ever watched like the Drew Carey show, they made Buzz Beer, which mm-hmm. was caffeinated beer. Gotcha. And th- that made the buzz fit. Yeah. So starting with the disc, um, I threw uh, I I own a buzz. Not multiple buzzes necessitating a buzz rack. If you get that reference, please message us. I don't want to be blatant about it. I think it's a pretty awesome reference. I hope you get it. Uh, I own a, a titanium buzz. And mm. I think mine is is a 180. It's a max weight. Disc is awesome. Yeah. Uh, super dependable fade. It's not a huge fade. And actually through the... Um, push of robin i've actually started driving it more and it's legit yeah i am uh admittedly how many buzzes do you are these all your buzz so there's a stack of of buzzes between the two of us we're sitting uh we're sitting down on a couch recording this to you all right now and there is a stack of five oh no four four buzzes yeah. four buzzes are so these th- all of your buzzes no these these <laughs> These are the four I carry uh, on a regular basis. But I think, for me, the Buzz is an excellent mid-range with a lot of, of, of uh, range in, in different types of shots. Which is very important to me. I be- very much believe in layering uh, discs in your bag, which is something we'll cover in another episode. But basically it means I carry a lot of the same molds in different plastics or in different styles but or different states of wear yeah or different states of wear so i carry multiple buzzes of the same plastic or of the same mold that are in different states of wear so i can get the same or different shots from a same disc so it's comfortable in my hand it feels the same but i can get a different line from it so that's the great thing about the Buzz is that in its line you have the Buzz SS, you have the Buzz OS, you have the standard Buzz, you have the TI Buzz, 
you have all different kinds. Or you have the TI Buzz OS. Which is the meat hook of all meat hook of mid-ranges. Right. I I don't think you can make... I, I've yet to find someone that can turn over a Buzz OS. I'm not sure they exist. It might have to be a robot. Right. So, talking about the Buzz, um, and, and I do guarantee you all... We will review discs that we haven't thrown a lot. Uh, a buzz actually is something I haven't thrown a ton, and, and Robin has, obviously, which is fine. We will start going out and getting brand new discs we haven't thrown before and give you an in-depth review, but we want to start with things that we knew. So talking about the buzz, Robin has been throwing it for a while, and um, I'll be honest, I was anti-buzz. Uh, Robin fell in love with it, and I was so happy with my my champion rocks, and I don't even know what else I threw, but I, I think, for me, I, I tend to get stuck in my ways. I think I'm better now to where I'm a lot more open, but I definitely, when I was first coming up, I got really stuck on what I like to do and what I threw and why I threw it, mm-hmm. and uh, Robin had this like beautiful TI buzz and uh, just one day I was, we were throwing at his house. He's got a nice like yard that we could get, you know, anywhere from 50 feet to maybe 300. Just trying to like get good calculated shots. And I started throwing his buzz and I was like, oh, I want to do this. And it, it, it did exactly what I wanted or... Um, you know, I was expecting this amount of fade and it did exactly that to the point that I was like, okay, I'm going to go buy one. And as soon as I got in the mail and and threw it, same exact thing. It wasn't, you know, sometimes, and not sometimes, this happens a lot where Robin has something or I have something that throws really well and the other one of us will get it, but it's dependent on the where or, you know, I'll be totally honest and maybe I'm a naysayer. I feel like the color of the plastic can can change <laughs> it's things. It's true. So, it, it can. So I had a totally different color buzz, TI buzz that I got. Um, and it threw exactly like Robbins did. It threw exactly like Robbins did. It wasn't any different the way that it felt in my hand when I threw his and what it did when I wanted it to do. Whatever I wanted, uh, it, it was the same. And right then, uh, it went right into my bag, and it's been in my bag ever since. Not to mention what I think is one of the great parts about the Titanium Buzz, which is my favorite one, is the name is not misleading. Find a nick on on my Titanium Buzz. True that. I just handed Joe my Titanium Buzz, which is a staple in my bag that I have been throwing regularly for Probably three years now. Yeah. And there is not a nick that is more than like a little cat scratch. Yeah. I mean it and I Now now granted it does fly different. Not in a huge yeah, way. It it has But you understand it, and that's the thing because it's aware over time where you And that's and and, and we really will, and that's good that he brought it up. Um, and maybe that'll even be next episode where we talk about layering. Um when you throw a disc enough, you get to understand it and you can feel it and you can see it start to move a certain direction. You know, a disc will never, you know, a day later 
throw completely different mm-hmm. um, unless you are a rookie and you leave your bag in your car with sun <laughs> blaring on it. Yeah, don't do don't that. Don't do that. Don't leave your discs in your hot car, kids. Don't do that. It's, it's that just just treat them like babies. You would never leave a baby in a hot no. car. So don't do it to but your But anyways, discs. aside from that, <laughs> don't we have a beer that we're supposed to talk about too? Right. Well, let's wrap it up. So, so obviously uh, the buzz is in both of our bags. I actually carry two. I carry a um, a Crystal OS, which is straight up just an emergency, pretty much forehand disc for me. Robin has nineteen buzzes in his bag. <laughs> pretty actually, and Robin, a wasp. Robin only throws buzzes. <laughs> I could, if, if I were to throw an emergency round with with one or two discs. It would be putter and buzz. Well, that's the thing we talked about. You heard earlier us talking about our putter round. I quickly was like, well, let's just throw like a one disc round. And we realized that that wouldn't be fair because Robin probably throws a buzz on the majority of his holes as is. And it wouldn't really be a big change for him to throw a buzz only round. I could probably make it work, I think. You could. And you you would probably throw a similar round at a place like Crane. So anyways... The beer that we reviewed, yes, it is Lagunitas again, and we did point this out before. We are um, undercover sponsored by Lagunitas, <laughs> in the sense that we have a very good friend who works for Lagunitas, and uh, and we got this beer for free. Exactly. So technically, but it made, it really did make sense for the the deers. Someday thing. we'll have sponsors, right? I think so. Okay, I think so. That'll be good. But this is the Lagunitas Cappuccino Stout. It is a very powerful beer, and it also came in a 22-ounce bottle, which explains why this podcast has been... Awesome? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. I think it's been great. 9% alcohol. It is a rich stout that does have a hint of coffee. It's not overpowering. No, not at all. At all. Uh, very good it's stout. It's a great stout. Yeah. Absolutely, under no circumstances would I bring this on a disc, disc golf course. No, no, not at all. This not is a, a this is a uh, this is a good night. End of the night. Yep. This is. Yep. This you is you a, had yourself a great day. Let's finish up with the cappuccino stuff. It's it's great. It's like, amazing. When it's, we end this podcast, it's nine percent. We're gonna drop the mic and fall asleep. Right, right. Hopefully not cuddling like last time. Um, <laughs> but no, it's it's a really rich stout. It tastes great. Uh, it's got a little bit of bitter, and that might be the cappuccino piece. Uh, so we talked about it last week. I'm gonna I'm gonna put it out there. Would that mean that our deer pairing for this week is an ace run? I I guess it is. Yeah. Right. It's a right. chain out. No, uh, it's a great shot, but it didn't quite make right. It. it didn't. It didn't stick. So the disc, obviously, we love. But the beer, we love. We like but, it, but not for the course. But definitely not. No, no if, chance. If, if you're playing with someone who's rolling out with a cappuccino stout, um, if you listen to our you first episode, take a and you hear about our uh, our memories of Truckee River and not completing it ever for me, anyways, uh, you you don't want to bring people out drinking this beer because they're they're not going to finish their round. No, they will not, and. I, also, as it got warmer on the course, it could probably be a problem. 
I, yes. I, 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 would, yeah. I would imagine. So don't bring the beer on the course. Drink it, though. It's yeah. amazing. Drink it. Delicious. Uh, but the buzz, put it in your bag. It is It's worth a it. little misleading because it, it says cappuccino stout. Maybe you think it's a morning thing. But I think if you drink this in the morning, you might go right back to sleep. So ah, it might be a good start to the day. That's just me. That's just me. I digress. I digress. So like on a weekend when I don't have to work. On a weekend where you don't have to work. Do you work any weekends? No, I always have weekends off. So so like you're saying every weekend you drink this in the morning. I'm not saying I I do every weekend. I'm saying I could if I felt like it'd be fine. Gotcha. I, be, I I get it. I wouldn't yeah. be upset by it. Joe drinks cappuccino stout every morning. So whenever he says, well, I'll, he has a cappuccino. No, I don't. But also, if we were going to say I did, it would be weekends. But that's not what happens. <laughs> that's not what happens. Fair enough. Fair enough. But, Elliot, if you're listening, <laughs> if you want to supply me with it, I could try. 100%. We will try it. We'll do our best. I think this is a good time for us to just bid adieu to our listeners. It's... It's the end wow, of episode what three. A, what an episode. Yeah. We're going to do episode four next week. We've got some more great stuff on tap. We will obviously have the end of the Memorial term, Tournament to cover right. and talk about, which should be amazing. Uh, a lot of great players. All of the great players, as a matter of fact, with the exception of Eagle McMahon, who has a finger injury. Right. Who, right. who we've really been enjoying watching but, play. But Eagle McMahon version two is rolling out right now. Yeah. Anthony Barella, I Anthony believe Barella is, is doing yeah. great. So that's that's really cool to see young people coming up. Um, I will say, we do have our uh, deer pairing for next week already figured out. But if you have an idea, mm-hmm. please feel free to send it to us. You can send it to us on our Twitter, which is at the Disc Pod. You can you can message us, us on, on Instagram. Instagram, which is I don't know. It's the Disc Golf Podcast. Uh, we are, all I do is type stuff in my. I phone. know, and you're you're in charge of this stuff. Yeah, you can uh, Facebook.com/slash the Disc Golf Podcast. Any of those spots, we're on SoundCloud, but that's probably not the best place to reach us through iTunes or Stitcher. Give us your suggestions. We're we, open. We would love it. Plus, once again, we are just some dudes who like to play disc golf. We have a great time with it. If you have questions about how you can do whatever better, you can ask us. We would love to answer, but just remember it's coming from us. <laughs> we are not professionals. We are not Nate Sexton or Paul McBeth or Will Schistrick or Dave Feldberg. So maybe check them out first. And if you have We're any further Eric, questions, Eric McCabe, hopefully we can help you clarify. Yeah, I think so. So leave us your feedback. Leave us your questions. Let's keep rolling. And yeah. uh, we look forward to next week. And tune into some disc golf this weekend. Smashbox is going to be going all weekend with the Memorial. This is one of the premier tournaments. Yeah. This is a must watch for disc golf fans. Get out, watch it, follow it however you you can. Just right. This is two two parting get much notes. Better. Two parting notes, and this is big for us. And and hopefully someday we'll look back on this and it's it's not big at all. But we are two episodes in. And we're over 200 plays, which for me is great. And thank you so much for listening. Tell your friends. Let's keep it rolling. We've got some great reviews on iTunes. We love you guys. Thank you very much. We had one reviewer. Oh, good. Thank you for bringing that that, up. That uh, 
that mentioned that they would love it if we could do a disc and beer giveaway. Well, we would love to do that. The disc is a huge possibility. We can totally make that happen. I don't know that shipping beer is going to work. Right. Like, I, you know, I don't know if I'm shipping it to a 15-year-old. But last thing I need to be is incarcerated. Roll, if you want to roll out to Northern California, you want to come play around, we'll drink beer with you. Absolutely. We'll probably give yeah. you some beer. That sounds great. But, I'm into that. Or if, if we can make it out to where you are, I'm also down. Like, we'll drink beer together. We'll bring beer. But as, as far as shipping beer out... Uh, we don't have the the legal ability to roll that piece. <laughs> we can get some discs out. Um, we have every intention of of starting to give away discs as as this podcast progress. Yes, progresses yes, for sure. I said yeses to go, go through progresses. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but our biggest parting note: watch that disc golf, have a good time. But most of all, please get out if you can. And play yourself around to disc golf. Throw some stuff at stuff. Have a good weekend. Happy disc golfing.